Welcome to episode 054, Unlearning and Relearning, Becoming Anti-Racist. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Hello beautiful one, welcome to this week's episode on One Woke Mama. So as the name suggests, this podcast is all about becoming woke, waking up on the journey of awakening through motherhood, yes, but also through womanhood and through life. And 2020 has shown us that this journey of awakening is happening on a global level. And I'm going to get into that very soon as we dive into this week's episode, which is all about learning, unlearning, and becoming anti-racist. Before I get into it, I just want to remind you to head over to claireobeyed.com, jump onto my newsletter list, become part of my tribe so that I can keep you up to date with all of the beautiful things that I'm putting out into the world. You can join one of my upcoming live stream breathwork classes. You can also become a member, if you wish, of Practical Magic and Spiritual Medicine, which is a private, sacred online membership group where I get to share with you beautiful practices for your mind, your body, and your soul. It's really important to stay connected via the newsletter because as you're probably well aware, Facebook and Instagram, these are platforms that I own. So in order for me to ensure that I'm connected to you, If, for example, something was to happen in one of those platforms, this is the best way to do it. So we're going to get into it now and I hope that you keep an open mind and an open heart as I dive into what is a really, really big topic, what is something that has probably been weighing on your heart and in your mind as it has been for me over the last few weeks. As I mentioned, 2020 has been a year of dismantling, of shadows coming forward, of awakening. And every time in the past I read from an astrologer or a psychic or somebody else talking about the shadows coming forward and a time of awakening or dismantling or breaking down, it always felt like a very internal and private experience that they were talking about, you know, the inner work that each of us must do. And I still very much align with the power of inner shadow work. But what 2020 has done has brought all of that shadow work to the collective, brought it up on a global level. Personally, for me, each time I do work that takes me to a new level of consciousness, where I am waking up more and more via my own internal journey. Something is then happening in the collective on a global scale that reflects that. 
or that then requires me to really see where I am still not awake. 2020 to me is this simultaneous experience of inner shadows and outer shadows coming right up to the surface and the light shining on them so brightly that we cannot ignore and look away. Where we absolutely must pay attention, where we absolutely must review and ask questions and push back and break through and create change. To show up more and to sit with the discomfort of what's being asked of us on every level global climate crisis, a pandemic and all of the truths and untruths coming out from that experience, body autonomy coming into question, handing over civil liberties, being controlled by big pharma and government and other institutions and systems and people with money. There is so much coming up to the surface and now the question of racism we are being asked with a nice big slap in the face to wake the F up, aren't we? And it's okay if this is really uncomfortable. I just really want to preface this as we go forward. I am also really uncomfortable. It's okay if you want to switch this off right now and run away, but I'm actually going to ask you not to or come back to it because it's in the sitting of discomfort, which I am going to do in this entire episode as I record. It is in the sitting of this discomfort that we find the vulnerability, but also the courage and bravery to ask questions and to explore and to face the stuff within us that needs to come up and be questioned. This is really important to me as a woman and as a mother. It's important because this is what my soul has asked for in this lifetime. I was born questioning. I was born with a passion for shadow work. I was born with a desire to constantly grow and evolve. Yes, there are many pockets and moments of pause in my life where I just sit in the beauty of the now. But this is who I am. And therefore, the children that have chosen me to be their mother, this is what they require of me too. Because they are right now playing in a world but eventually will be working and leading and participating and contributing in a world that will require them to be awake. So the values, the ideas, the impressions that I have, the shadow work that I must do, I'm passing that on to them and I am then helping them enter a world that is waking up and that therefore they continue to wake up within and that they can contribute with their level of consciousness that no other generation has had before. So now we are here and I am taking a really big deep breath and I probably will many times over as I record this because the global collective attention has turned to racism and anti-racism. So when I say, I need to be very clear about this, when I say now we are here, I am in no way implying that this is a new issue. This is hundreds of years in the making. You know that too. I know that. But the world has been forced to pay attention, and rightly so. For some reason, energetically, spiritually, consciously, we are willing to pay attention now. And as far as I can see, this is not just happening for me, but happening for many, many people who perhaps never really paid attention. 
or never wanted to. What ultimately matters for me is that I am waking up and that I am willing to keep being schooled on this. I am willing to unlearn and relearn. So breathe with me through this episode and be willing to show up to this with compassion for yourself. Compassion for me, please. I'm figuring this out as I go along. But I'm always willing to be in the arena. I'm willing to have mud and dirt kicked on my face, in my face, whatever the phrase is. I'm willing to be messy here and to stuff up and to not do this right, but also to learn as I go through it. That's what is being asked of us and I'm putting my hand up and saying yes. So let's do it. Let's talk about racism. And like I said, I know you probably feel like turning the episode off right now. There has been so much out there, so much content on socials, so much information. And I I get it. You have to look after yourself. And if it's not feeling right, come back to this episode. I had to take a whole week off socials. I literally deleted my Instagram and Facebook off my phone because I knew what I had to do. I knew the information I needed to read and I needed to stop... um, energetically being in the line of that and actually take myself offline where the real work happens and that's what I've been doing offline I've been reading and exploring and unlearning and this is a lifelong process by the way but I needed to create space so I do apologize if this feels like it's too much too soon for you but my purpose with this episode is not in any way to pass judgment or to preach I'm literally sharing my current reality, my current exploration, my current mental state, uh, how I'm moving through this to maybe provide you with some tools, some reflection points, some understanding and also through what I do, storytelling, to share how I'm working through this. So I come with love only and compassion only and a willingness Like I said, not finger pointing, not judging. And how can I be? I'm a white woman in a Western world, in a colonized country. How could I? How could I stand on a platform and preach? That's not my job. So we know that there is a huge inequality between white people and people of color. There have been worldwide protests that exploded from George Floyd's death. And I'm grateful that that has happened Regardless of George Floyd and his history, I'm not commenting on any of that. He's a human being and he was unjustly killed. His death has, has been the catalyst for a huge global awakening. So I want to share a couple of worries and concerns that I have. Worries and concerns that have been formulating within my heart and mind since all of this has unfolded worries and concerns in relation to anti-racism. So here goes. I want to be an ally, but I'm unlearning and learning a lot at the same time. And I can't just label myself as an ally instantly. I want to scream and I want to rage and I want to share my despair on how many black and indigenous people and cultures have been treated here on Australian soil and globally. But I can't, that's not my place to do that publicly. I can't take the platform from people of colour by sharing my white pain. I've learnt that and I've been very mindful 
to feel my feelings privately. I want to promote and support Australian Aboriginal businesses and people, but I also don't want to be performative and showy about that. I don't want to do it because I want to be seen to do it. I don't want to do it off the back of what's happened immediately and instantly. So I'm sitting with that and I'm connecting slowly and carefully and respectfully. So we're hearing all of this guidance. Be an ally, pay attention, share, promote, follow, donate, but don't do it performatively. Don't be seen to do it just to be seen to do it. Do it authentically. Do it from your heart. Unlearn, relearn, get educated, be genuine. Why am I sharing all of this? I am in no way getting on the poor me, poor us bandwagon. As a white woman, I don't really know the suffering that a person of colour has experienced. I just don't. I may never truly be able to empathise, although I will try my hardest for the rest of my life. I'm sharing all of those worries and concerns for full disclosure that I am confused, that I deeply care, that I don't want to get it wrong, that I'm eager to make change but I'm unsure how. And here's what I know now. I am going to be confused for a long time. I'm going to feel pain in my heart for a long long time. I will always care. I will get it wrong. Change is going to be slow. But change has to be consistent. And the only way is for me to get in the arena in some way, shape or form. And that's part of what today's episode is about. I know it begins with myself, with my mindset, with my attitudes and perceptions. It begins at home in the conversation I'm having with my husband and my children and that must filter out into my community, my friends and onwards. And it must filter into my business too. So change is going to take a while because to rush it would be disrespectful and it would be remiss of me to really sit with what, what this really means. And it would be incongruent with what I believe growth and spiritual practice is really about. In amongst all of this is still life, my life, the normal tug of war that life is, the exhaustion from raising two children, running a business, my own emotions, my own energetic experience, my own spiritual upgrades, rest is needed. Sometimes we'll have to go silent as we navigate this and pull away and sometimes we'll be beating loudly on a drum. Sometimes we'll want to run and hide because it's all too much. And I'm just asking you to honour those feelings for yourself and to be okay when somebody else honours those for themselves too. No judging of yourself and no judging of others. We just have to keep at it. Just like we have to keep at global awareness around climate change and the climate crisis, just like we have to keep vigilant around losing our civil liberties and being forced to do something with our body that we don't want to, just like we have to be really mindful of how we engage with racism and anti-racism, we have to keep at it. (sighs) So with all of that said and done, I just want to share something much more personal with you. As many of you know or don't know, Australia is a very multicultural place in certain areas, in certain pockets, a mixing pot of cultures. That most certainly does not mean that Australia is free of racism. 
Of course not. It's a colonised country. Personally, I am the daughter of one of five children to my beautiful parents who moved here from the Middle East, from Lebanon and Syria. They moved here in the 70s, so not that long ago. Things were very rough back in the Middle East, as it has been for many, many years. And my parents took the opportunity to relocate to Australia. The borders were opened and people from the Middle East and Greece and other places in Europe were invited to come here in the thousands. Promised the chance to work and a good life free of war and trouble. And so my parents took that opportunity. So yes, I am a white girl. I am also the first generation in my family to be born here in Australia. My heritage is from the Middle East. Please be clear when I say this is no way, in any way, taking from the voices of people of colour. I'm trying to be clear about this. I am not trying to make this about me and my story. That is not the point here. But stay with me because I am getting to something. This is my way of sharing what has been percolating with my heart in my heart for many, many years and particularly now on a very new, deep, powerful level over the last few weeks. So stay with me here. As a first-generation ethnic Australian living in a very white Australia, growing up, this is, as a child, I was very aware of the fact that I was part of a colonised country. Now, why was I aware of that? I and my family were different. I am really clear about this point too. I know that I'm here in Australia because of colonisation. I know that I had the opportunity to come to this country and my family to come to this country because of colonisation, which means that I am directly connected to what happened and what continues to happen to Australian Indigenous communities and people. I know that. I know that the blessing of being in this country is directly because of the colonisation that happened in the late 1700s in Australia. And I was very aware of that as a child because I grew up in a very white Australian suburb. We were one of the only ethnic families in the suburb that I grew up, grew up in, still live in now. I returned here. Growing up, my siblings and I were on the receiving end of quite a lot of racism, quite a lot of racist comments and behaviour. To give you an example, my brother in his first year of primary school was told to go back to his own country, even though he was born here, because he couldn't spell Australia. He'd missed out on one letter in that word, and he was told that by his teacher. I was told also by my teacher in, kind in kindergarten that I had cheated when I spelt my name on the blackboard because my kind of people, we cheat. I was bullied all the way through primary school. And when I say bullied, I mean returning home every single day in floods of tears. My sisters were often chased home and beaten up. I was teased for the kibbe and the labne that we brought for our school lunches. Oh my God, I longed for white bread and chips just like all the other kids. I was locked in bathroom stalls. I was teased about my hair, my nose, all of it. I was called wog over and over and over and over. In year seven, starting in a new school, starting high school, I was so happy to leave behind the old life and the old experience and the old racist school that I had been part of. So that when I was bullied again, 
ironically, by a Chinese-Australian girl. Racism is everywhere. I fell apart in floods of tears. I fell apart. And then something clicked in me. I refused to take it laying down, so I became hard and rough instead of the soft, gentle, happy child that I'd been. And I fought back and I rose up and I reclaimed that work and I turned it back so that it became my word, an empowering word. My dad personally has hundreds and hundreds of stories of being pulled over by the cops for no reason, fined for no reason, being too afraid to answer back and doing exactly what he was told, being spat on, being abused, being told he was a cheating, uppity liar because his English was way too good for him. He was university taught. His English was so proper that most of the locals could barely understand him. So he learned to dumb down his English. My parents still speak with a very thick Middle Eastern accent. If you were to enter my family home, it's like entering a different country. My parents assimilated into a very white suburb. They made a conscious choice to not move to the suburbs predominantly occupied by other Middle Eastern immigrants. They did it intentionally so that we could feel more part of this country. They took in all the other ethnic families and immigrants. Our Christmas days as children were filled with a revolving door experience of other families, the local Japanese family, the local Italian family, the local Greek family, the local Australian family, the local English family. My parents did their best to include others so that they could feel included too. Why am I telling you this? As you can imagine from the stories I've, I've just provided, I have previously labelled myself as a stoic, hard-ass, anti-racist. After years of being on the brunt of it, of witnessing it, of feeling it, I have been known to call myself anti-racist. Don't you ever think about saying anything racist to me, casually or even globally, because I would and frequently did and still do put people in their place with their racist comments because I've experienced. But here's the point I want to make to you. I experienced casual racism. The reality is this. I now know and understand through the study that I've been doing over the last two weeks that I absolutely have not been anti-racist. I've been pro-inclusion I've been against racism, but I've not been anti-racist. I've not liked racism. I've not liked racist comments. I've been against it. I've stood up to people in conversations, but have I been anti-it? Have I really fought to change it through my privilege? Have I really actually pushed against it? No, I haven't. Truth, I have absolutely not suffered at the hands of racism. Not what real racism is, systemic racism, because I am actually privileged. Because even though we did suffer in those early years as my family of immigrants, we did not, as Aboriginal Australians and Indigenous communities, we did not suffer like they did. We did not have our homes and lives and children ripped from us. We did not get treated like flora and fauna up until 1967. We were recognised as human beings, Teased, yes, bullied, yes, but still recognised as human beings. We did not have to fight years and years and years and years of oppression. Yes, I may have been bullied by teachers and students 
who formulated many of my understandings and experiences as a child. But here's the difference. Ultimately and eventually, I was accepted. Ultimately and eventually, I found my voice and fought back. Ultimately and eventually, I no longer identified under the label of being a wog with a negative bias. Ultimately and eventually, the influx of more immigrants made it easier for us to get going in our life here in Australia, to integrate, to assimilate. People now think of our food as gourmet. You go into a shop and they charge $15 for a small bowl of labne. <laughs> or you can go to restaurants where Middle Eastern food is considered gourmet. My opportunities in life were never held back because of my heritage. My opportunities to succeed, to be accepted and to be welcomed and to be even looked at were never really affected by my heritage. And the same goes for my children. My children are now half Middle Eastern, half South American, half Chilean. Second generation. And they won't be affected. As far as they're concerned, nobody even has to reference who they are and where they've come from. Although we make a point of making sure that they understand their heritage. I can walk into a shop and feel happy to browse without being accused of stealing. I can be lazy, tired and show up late to something and not have it be related to my race. I can get sick and be given full treatment and care in hospital. I can walk down the street and feel safe and know that my race and my heritage won't, hopefully, put me into harm's way. If I am in harm's way, it's got nothing to do with my race and my heritage. I can walk down the street and not have people stare at me or avoid me or cross the road. I can reach out to police and be treated fairly. I can attend university or any other institution and not have to highlight my heritage or be judged based on my heritage. I can be certain that I will be given the same opportunities as everyone else in this country. Because even though I suffered at the hands of casual racism as a child and even though I'm first generation ethnic Australian, I am not suffering at the hands of systemic racism. My children are not either. Systemic racism. Yes, it's not my fault. Yes, it's not yours either. We didn't build the system, but this is the clincher. If the people of our Australian Indigenous community, and of course this is a global conversation as well, if they are still suffering under the effects of previous Australian law and actions, then I am, and we are, still part of the problem that began previously in Australia, simply by being here in a colonised country, simply by having the privilege of being here on somebody else's land. Yes, I may not be technically part of the long, brutal history of this country. My family only arrived here in 1970. I am not the one that hurt other people. I get that. I get that argument when people say it. But if I choose to call myself Australian and I choose to benefit from all that it means to be Australian, if I choose to call this my home, and my children do and the generations that follow will, then I must see our history. I must see all of it and how I benefit from it and what it has done to other people. And I must do something about it. Oh, well, my heart is pounding saying all of this. So for me, the first place, the first stopping point or starting point has been feeling. Without putting my pain on people of colour and our Indigenous community, I don't want to take up space. I don't want to put this on them, but I've just had to feel. I've had to feel all of this. I've had moments, many moments of spontaneous crying over the last two weeks for their pain, for my ignorance, for all of it, for the global pain. The second place has just been to feel into that overwhelm, 
to slow everything down because where to start has been so overwhelming. The third has been getting real on what I can do and where I can take action. Right now, today, what small thing can I do today that's going to incrementally build? The fourth has been education, 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 reviewing our books and our family, our art, our connection to Aboriginal culture, our toys, my work, my engagement, my disgust at how little I have tried to connect. I don't live in a community where there are many Indigenous Australians here. That doesn't mean that they aren't there and that I can't connect with them or that I can't contribute to their work in some way. I've been too scared, unsure, lazy, not my problem. I've had the privilege of not having to think about it. I didn't have to. But I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm 38 years old. I can do this. I can wake up. I can reach out. I can make connections. I can lean in. I can educate myself. The next place has been for me to have conversations with my family and my friends and my children. My daughter and I are having lots of really honest conversations. I don't know if you're aware of this. I've shared it before, but she's always been absolutely obsessed with the Aboriginal culture, everything about it. She even role plays being an Indigenous Australian. I don't know where she gets this from, maybe from her Montessori school. She's got a beautiful teacher who doesn't believe in teaching Aboriginal culture as a tokenistic one-week thing in NAIDOC week. She believes in teaching it all the time. So we're having really honest conversations. So when she says, Mama, why don't I see any around our area? Or, Mama, why are we not more connected to their culture? I tell her the truth. The next place of call for me has been taking action in some way, attending protests and writing letters to government. And then the seventh action is rest, taking rest, and then rinse and repeat for the rest of my time on this earth. This is a long-time project. This is long-term. And I don't ever get to call myself an ally unless somebody chooses to label me that way from an Indigenous community or a person of colour. I don't get to call the shots. I just have to do the work. This is not about me speaking up and saying down with racism and fight the good fight and taking away from their platform and their voice. It's about supporting through me doing the daily work, the inner work that feeds into the outer work. Everybody shows up to this work in their own way. Maybe you protest, maybe you write letters, maybe you teach your children, maybe you do online courses, maybe you change things within your business. And at different stages of your life, maybe you do another level of work. As an example, I don't get to call myself an environmentalist or a climate changer. I just do the work and pray to the Divine Mother that she accepts the work and the change comes about. I don't need the label. I just want to ensure a planet Earth left over for my children. I don't need nor desire to be seen in any special way. I don't need accolades. I don't need a clap and applause. I just need to do the work to change the rhetoric and the story and the system for Australia, for our children, for our Indigenous communities, for all human beings and beyond. We have to put pressure on ourselves and each other and our government and our community and our systems and our institutions to change this stuff. And it makes me sad to think that people of colour have been fighting this for so long and they're tired. And so if we feel tired for a moment, take a rest and then start again because we haven't, we haven't been working at this. Some people have, I haven't. I've grown up in a suburb with an Aboriginal name, 
as is the case for hundreds of towns across Australia. I had a close dear friend in primary school who was, who was Aboriginal, who I love dearly, who vanished one day. I've always had a deep respect and love for the Aboriginal culture. Every single time I've had the honour of witnessing a corroboree or an Aboriginal ritual or ceremony, I cry. Their connection to nature, their deep respect for the earth, their ancientness, their community, their country, there is something in my ancient soul that aches for what they have, for that connection, and aches for what they've lost, and aches for my ignorance, and aches for my maybe my connection to tribe back in the Middle East. I don't know what it is. There's this yearning there. So to think that I haven't reached out or connected more, forged relationships, done the work to honour these people, done the work to be anti-racist, this saddens me and this is why I'm waking up. And I've got work to do, so much work to do, and I have a child and I have children that are connected to this land and that deserve to know the truth and that deserve to herald a new era where these people are valued and honoured and loved and cared for and given back their rights and their country and their placement in this world in the way that they desire, whichever way that is. It's not for me to choose or pigeonhole. My children are demanding that I support this love and this connection, this truth. The world is demanding it. Friends and family are demanding it. I can't turn away from it, and I'm sure you can't too. It's brutal and it's tough, but this is the part of the new world that we are creating. This is the 5D world that is coming about. We all must know the truth, and we all must step towards and step on the pathway of healing. It's laid out. There are people out there that have created so many resources for us to absorb and take on and make it a little easier for you to walk that pathway. So I'm certain that in this episode I've said something wrong. I'm certain of it. I'm certain that I have crossed a line somewhere. I'm certain that I have been uneducated or perhaps chosen words that are offensive in some way. So please know that I'm deeply apologetic if I've done that I'm I'm trying my best to show up and be vulnerable and I'm willing to be schooled and I'm willing to learn I'm just here vulnerably talking to my white listeners and if you are a person of color I'm so grateful that you're tuning in and please consider me ready open and willing to be schooled in any way if you wish to you don't have to it's my job to teach myself but if you wish to I'm ready for you to point out my errors and my mistakes. I can't lay out a clear pathway for this journey. I don't really know it. It's, it's winding and one step is being revealed after the other. And I'm not always going to be feeling strong and empowered on this pathway. I'm sure there's going to be many points where I give up and then I try again and I start again and I fall off again. And I'm sure that's the case for you too. But this pathway is here for you to walk when you're ready. So in the show notes, I've shared some resources that have been circulating online. I've loved Rachel Carnegie's 30-day program where you can go in. It's a free program. Just make sure you offer her a donation. That's really opened my eyes to so much. For example, there is a video in there of black children sat in front of two dolls, a black doll and a white doll. And they've asked 
these children questions, which doll is the ugly doll? Which doll is the bad doll? Which doll is the mean doll? And sadly and heartbreakingly, they always point to the black doll and that they actually recognise themselves in that black doll too. There is so much information out there. There are Aboriginal Indigenous healers, artists, community leaders to follow. For me, I'm personally focusing a lot on Australia and the Indigenous culture here. So just dive into one resource at a time. Just try not to look away for too long. Have the conversations. Be willing to be wrong. Share with me. Share your pain at home privately. And let's just work on becoming anti-racist. It's time. It's really time. Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you for showing up to this with an open heart, with compassion and non-judgment. If it feels right to share this, please do. And know that I am sending you so much love and light. I'm sending so much love and light to all human beings, people of colour, Indigenous communities, white Australians, white Americans, Europeans, everyone. I see you for all of your differences and for all of our similarities. I'm sending you so much love and light on this journey and I hope that we will all continue to wake up together. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.